We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Dynasty. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Dynasty Tradecast on RotoViz Radio, brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online, our new sports betting sportsbook partner for the first half of 2020. All right, let's get cooking. Today, we have uh, Justin in the co-host seat uh, with uh, Dan having 18 kids that are sick, along with Dan being sick, so RIP to, to Dan. But anyways, well, he'll be back next week to uh, give his hot takes uh, and of the whatnot to start the off season. But for today, we have Justin. Uh, we're going to talk, be talking a little bit about Damien Williams and then just some, in general, February trade strategies as pretty much the new year, the new uh, dynasty season begins. Uh, how's it going tonight, Justin? Going all right. Just happy MFL uh, came back up quick, and I haven't really tried any of the rollover stuff yet. So we'll see if I have a little bit better luck than than you you have so far, but... Yeah, I've actually had pretty good success so far, uh, and uh, by the time that you hear this, I'm guessing I will be fully roll- rolled over, and if by the time you're hearing this on Thursday, your commission hasn't rolled over, go yell at them. Um, <laughs> but uh, one person you won't yell at is Rotoviz, uh, because we're giving you an awesome discount today. We got 10% off a Rotoviz NFL Pass. Get access to all of our content and tools, and also support the podcast, rotoviz.com slash radio. Get involved on it. It's the best, best time to do it. Great off-season content and a great way to support your favorite uh, podcast hosts. 
All right, so let's get into the show today. We have uh, Damian Williams. Damian Williams, uh, the guy who should have been the Super Bowl MVP, still really not. Sh- mm-hmm. I mean, the only reason that he's not the MVP is, I guess, uh, running backs don't matter has infiltrated the Super Bowl MVP voting. Uh, what are your thoughts on Damian Williams' Super Bowl performance, uh, Justin? I mean, yeah, it's yeah, I think somewhere it's over half the time, probably 60, two thirds of the time, somewhere around that, that it's it's the quarterback on the winning team. Uh, that, that's just kind of standard. You know, you have to if Mostert, you know, if it had been a game like that uh, from the championship where you, know, you score four touchdowns, if Damien had done that, then, yeah, they probably would have had to give it to him. But. I mean, he had a good game, but it just wasn't anything like absolutely blow up where it was going to absolutely sway it. So quarterback touches the ball all the time. They're just the most important position, right? You're right. You're exactly right. Running backs don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, and I mean, if we're going to talk about the most valuable, you know, quote unquote, it's going to be Mahomes or the quarterback every single time because they don't make that comeback. They don't get that that lead even, you know, with Mahomes, I mean, without Mahomes. Um, so yeah, uh, let's talk about dynasty value though. Damian Williams, he's a guy who I think that most people pretty much were counting out, you know, prior to the Super Bowl, you know, saying, okay, the chiefs are going to invest in running back in, in the early in the NFL draft or in free agency. I still am kind of of that mindset. I don't think the Super Bowl really changes that, but do you think this opens a selling window for Williams or maybe even you think it's still a good time to buy? I think it, I, I feel like it's going to be another, like, I mean, last off season, we had a selling window for Damian Williams, except it, it seemed like, I don't know, I didn't actually see any trades. Like ADP and everything, when it came out, Damian Williams was always high. and But you couldn't ever actually trade him for that value. And I feel like it's going to be something like that this year, too. Like maybe when ADP comes out, he's still going to be high just like that. But it's going to be hard to actually pull off any trades just because like anybody else that didn't already have him is going to, you know, still be be wary of you know that he, he's just uh, he doesn't have that draft capital and everything that you know you just really expect that yeah he's going to be the the go-to again uh, it's just he always ends the season as being the go-to but then you know by the time the next season rolls around you know there's other guys that are going to be in the mix but maybe it's again in the next season he's going to be the guy but we'll see we'll see yeah I mean, I pretty much said this around this time last year was that, you know, February until April, either Damian Williams is either highly overvalued or highly undervalued. And the Chiefs didn't really invest in running back. I think that Darwin Thompson was probably their only pick at running back. Maybe Daryl Williams in the late rounds. I, I can't remember who's a UDFA and who's not. But it ended up being after the NFL draft. OK, we undervalued Damian Williams throughout the offseason. And then he had an, eh, you know, up and down regular season in 20, uh, 2019. And so that has kind of, you know, fluctuated his value a bit. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're still looking at the guy who is projected to be the RB1 on one of the best offenses in the NFL, you know, attached to the best quarterback in the NFL. So I I might cautiously go out and start, you know, testing the waters on Damian Williams because I don't, I, I'm not a huge fan of his game, but also I, I think that there's a number of people that are also there with me. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I do think that his value is not likely to be where it was last off season when, you know, everybody was expecting him to be the RB1 and everything. It doesn't feel like it's there yet, even though he had another season like, like that where he ended it really well. So it definitely may be, you know, a better price point to be able to still go ahead and buy that. 
and you know it's not not quite as inflated as it was last off season but if you can get it for you know cheap enough then it's definitely worth a shot because he, he very well could end up being the the guy next next year or i guess this year yep uh all right so we did mention at the top of the show the, the day we're recording this tuesday was mfo rollover day uh basically for those that don't know they don't play on the format every year uh all of the mfo leagues switch from the previous year to the current year, uh, a couple of days after the Super Bowl. Um, that means that your 2020 first round picks are now the 104, 105, you know, whatever it may be. And also for Debbie leagues, all of your all of your incoming rookies went from fake rookies to real rookies, which really doesn't mean a whole lot. But I just think it's a fun thing for as a commission, as a guy who plays in Debbie leagues, just seeing the asterisk that comes with a Debbie player go away when they become an NFL rookie. Uh, so we'll, we'll touch on a few of those topics uh, as we go. But the first one I want to touch on, I, the one that I found, especially this year, I feel like so often before those picks change from 2021st to what pick they are, people are so hesitant to like make trades up and down because like they're just either like too lazy to look like, oh, this is asking 110 for the 204 and 207. I, I just feel like once you see the number there, you're much more likely to say, Oh, I'm interested in that, or oh, I'm not. Let me let me counter. And so I feel like February has a lot more of you know trade maneuvering. And I think it's less so about like trying to find the pocket because obviously people talk about like finding the tiers. But for me, I think that February is too early to really find tiers. Yes, you can you know guesstimate. Okay, the top tier is two, or the top tier is five, and so on and so forth. But I think that at times in February, early in the offseason, we tend to overvalue our abilities to estimate where the tiers are. I think that, you know, people might say, oh, there's a top three uh, tier or there's a tier from five to 13. And I think that we tend to overestimate how good we are at doing that, especially this early in the process. Uh, one example of that is Kelvin Harmon. You know, this time last year, Kelvin Harmon had a rookie ADP of like 106. Then he drops to the fifth round in the NFL draft and ends up being like a late second rookie pick in most leagues. So... My, my my take on this is that in terms of trading once you know those picks are you know visible and you can people can trade them as they are rather than okay a 2021 my 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 thing is to try and get the best value kind of as a you know long-term type concept where like like you know year to year yes you know picks change in value but roughly the 301 is worth the 301 and the 203 is worth the 203 and so like you know, I, I have a you know pick calculator in my head that says like in order to move down from 111 to 203, I need this pick. And so, if people are overvaluing where they see the current teardrop, then I'm trying to take advantage of that. Yeah, I agree. And and you're definitely, I mean, it's always so uh, so fun to try to you know we we end up doing all these this rookie adp and everything and uh, you know we try to go ahead and put out some rankings and everything before the the draft and as much as we we preach you know talent over opportunity and everything uh we still end up you know greatly changing often you know where some of those rookies end up kind of falling and, and a lot of times it ends up i mean just like with uh kevin Harmon, even even a late second was probably still too high for him you know, way, way, at least, you know, his first year found and, you know, his value's fallen a little bit farther. Obviously he's still, you know, he's coming into a second year, so still got room to be able to go up, but you know, there's some of that opportunity stuff that, that matters or the draft capital that really, really changes things. So 
a lot of that, yeah, I think you're exactly on point that, you know, that pick is really worth that pick. It's not as much about, about the tier. So I was able to pull off actually one. I I feel like part of it, I mean, February is just a, a time in a lot of dynasty leagues where, you know, enough owners ended up checking out. There's some that like, you know, still try to be active and everything, but there's a few owners that end up checking out. And so it makes the general activity just go down a bit, but, but you definitely might be right too about it being kind of the draft picks and being too lazy to look up exactly where they're going to fall. But I did pull one off last week. It was in the middle of a dispersal draft. So that made it a little bit easier to, you know, make trades and everything and boost some activity. Dispersal drafts are always great for that, but. Absolutely. Yeah. So in general, in general, I I find myself, you know, I was usually trying. It also depends on the state of your team and you know where your roster is, and how, you kind of have to start projecting. Like, yes, it's early and roster cut down for most leagues, which we'll talk about, isn't until August. But I do kind of look at my roster and look how many picks I have and say, like, can I add six players to this roster? Can I add four players to this roster? And that kind of makes my decision for me to whether I'm kind of aggressively trying to move up a couple picks or move down a couple picks and try and regain some picks, whether it be in, you know, 2020 or even in, in you know, in the, the year after. So uh, that's also another move you can do. You know, obviously the, the common thing, especially early on, is like trading the 111 for the 204 and the 209. But also you can do the 111 for the 204 and the 2020, 2021, you know, a future year second. Do you find yourself more moving up or, or down, or you think it's a mix of, of both this time of year? Uh, most often the move for me, I end up, will end up, I'm not moving as much up or down uh, as I am trading into the, like giving up a player for a pick or, or ended up, you know, the player that I wanted didn't end up being available when it fell to me. So I end up trading him for it or that I think it's more often than I trade in. Um, but and a, and a lot of times that part of that is, you know, I am more frequently trading, trading out of the draft before like in season, I'll, I'll, you know, trade a draft pick away. And so I don't have as many. So then I end up giving up a player back to get back in. Cause I'm still excited about, about actually drafting a player, but I don't do quite as much of them just moving up and down. That was, like I said, that was the trade that I, I was able to pull off. It ended up, I mean, like I said, it was dispersal draft picks, but it ended up being the 102 for the 104 and 114. Um, so felt felt pretty good about that. Like I said, some of that was just lucky with how the how the dispersal draft fell. But those are always always nice ones when you can pull off those, you know, just a couple couple spots down and pick up an extra pick. Absolutely. Our next topic is going to be one that uh, is near and dear to Dan's heart because he just does it pretty much. Uh, today is February 4th. Um, by February 8th, all of Dan's 2021 picks will be gone. Um, <laughs> he he loves to trade his picks the day he gets them uh, as fast as possible. It's kind of a nod to Leo's notebook, uh, Leo Pasiga, a guy who basically writes down in a physical notebook notes about his uh, you know league mates, and he'll write down, Dan trades his pick uh, the first week that it's available, and then he goes and targets that guy. So if, if there's a guy in that league that that you know exists, I would definitely go and try and uh, you know hunt for his pick right now. Try and see if you can get it at a under undervalued price. But also, in, in the inverse, there's also the person that just goes pick hunting so early because they get so excited. Oh, that 2021 class is going to be so good. 
And so then they, you know, try and stack some picks. So if that guy's coming after you, maybe you start and say, hey, like this guy loves stockpiling picks. How much can I, you know, you know, take him for, especially if he's the type of guy that is like he's he's looking at the, the current class like, oh, next year's class better. Next class better. That That's the perfect opportunity to try and capitalize, like trading a 2021 early second for a 2020 early second, which I would do every day of the week. Yeah, I agree. And I, I always try to, as well, uh, if I'm going to trade for a future pick, I target those. So I try to find a player that ended up kind of uh, in the middle, like was a low-end playoff team or barely missed the playoffs or something, and try to kind of look at look at the rosters of those people right there in the middle and find somebody that I think thinks their team is better than that, what they really were, and they just had kind of a, a bad luck year, and they're going to be better next year, and so they think their pick's going to be late. Um, cause I think very often that ends up not being the case. So a lot of times those, those middle guys end up kind of staying there and their team never ends up getting better. And so you can, you can get a little better value. They think their pick is late and then that still ends up being kind of in the middle by the time next year shakes out. And so I like making those that, you know, you get to buy it for a late, late, and then, you know, you ends up hopefully gaining some value by the time you end up having that pick. One thing that doesn't end up getting overvalued pretty quickly is that I, I often see the advice like go target the worst team in the league and try and trade for their pick. That is such a easier said than done because a if you have a really bad team you're not just going to be willy nilly giving up your you know your your future pick more often than not. But also you know there's still a whole off season like you know whether it be through trading a future picks or what, through other avenues there's so many ways to make a team that looks not good in in february a playoff contender in september so i i would caution targeting those bad teams and saying up oh, that's the guaranteed 101 because there, there's just so much time between now and even the beginning of the season yeah definitely and it's all downside if you're if you're valuing that at the 101 then you know, the only way, only place you can go is down. Whereas like I said, if you've, you know, if you can get somebody that's thinking their pick is going to be late, so you get to you know value it as a late pick, the only way it can go is up uh, if they end up doing worse next year. So yeah, you definitely want to target the people that, you know, you think their team's going to be worse, not their team or you there, you think, think their team's going to be worse than what it looked like rather than, you know, it looked really bad, but it, it could end up getting better. All right, before we get into the second half of the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Bet Online. So, they are new to the podcast, betonline.ag. We have the promo code BLUEWIRE for a 50% bonus on a deposit of $55 or more. So, if you deposit $55, I'm going to do some quick math in my head. Do, do, do. Uh, 55 plus 27.5, that's about, what, uh, $82, right? There you go. That's a nice little <laughs> nice little start for your, uh, your, your gambling needs on betonline.ag. Uh, get involved in the game. It's lots of fun to, you know, have some gambling on the action. So, you know, we got basketball season, hockey season, March Madness is a month away. Everyone loves that. Good stuff. It's a great uh, football season's over, but it's still a great time to get involved with our friends at Bet Online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E to get a 50% deposit bonus when you deposit $55 or more. All right. Thank you so much to our friends over at Blue Wire. And now let's get into the second half of the show. Our next topic is uh, trading for 
or trading Devies that just became rookies. Now, obviously, the deeper the Devy league, the more that this is prevalent. You know, if this is, if you have like one round of Devies per year, like okay, like six guys just became rookies basically. Um, but in the deeper leagues, obviously, you know, uh, many more are becoming rookies. And so, uh, do you see kind of like a change in value on the market for these players between January and February? I don't notice that much of a difference. I do think you're right that, you know, it does feel better having the asterisk gone and them being the actual rookie, but, but I haven't really noticed any, any of my Debbie leagues. I mean, I don't, I don't, play in quite as many as you do and everything so you probably got a little bit more experience with this but but i haven't noticed really any any value differences there where all of a sudden they 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 get bumped you know i think a lot of times they're they're that value is already you know they're getting close to actually getting to getting get some production so it was already going up in you know november december january but what do you what yeah, have you yeah. seen? Obviously, now, you got more experience. I, I, I don't think it's a huge difference uh, either way, but I do think that there is just an ever so slight bump that just for some reason, like in your brain, it trick like it, it switches from Debbie player to rookie once you you know see that asterisk gone. Also, I, I think that it leads to trades. Again, it depends on your taxi squad rules. Like I have one league where um, the only taxi squad eligible players are are Debbie players. So once they're rookies, they're no longer no longer taxi squad eligible. And that kind of creates some movement with guys either, you know, wanting to trade an, an incoming rookie for a Debbie so they can get, you know, lose the roster spot gain, the taxi squad spot. And or even just in like contract leagues or there's rules in, regarding that. So it kind of depends on your taxi squad rules if you're in a Debbie league of how much movement there really is. But also with the combine ahead, now is a great time to you know, use trade bait and, you know, just kind of test the waters on, see if anyone is higher on your, on your devies that became rookies uh, than you are. All right, let's move on to our next topic. And I just mentioned the trade bait. So we'll, we'll do a little quick, quick trade bait talk. Um, Justin, I know that most people, you know, trash the trade bait and they say it's a waste mm-hmm. of time or they don't take it seriously. I often put very random quotes from the internet on my trade bait. What are your thoughts on the trade bait? How do you use it? How do you think it should be used? What are your thoughts? I, a lot of times, I haven't seen a lot of uh, activity that comes from updating my trade bait. You know, like as soon as I update, you know, people get the email and everything that my trade bait's updated. And yet I never really get any responses back. Uh, the, you know, the way that I end up making trades is sending something like at least sending an offer out there. But they may end up, once I send an offer and we start talking, then they look at what my trade bait is. So I still try to keep it somewhat, you know, fresh and, and looking at what I really am looking to trade right then. But but I don't update it, you know, even weekly or anything. Um, you know, probably once a month I try to take a look and, and make sure it's something, you know, fairly up to date. Make sure I still have a player that's in there. I haven't traded away, you know, all the players that, that were on my trade bait. But I don't. I haven't seen a lot of activity from it. But I definitely, you know, if I go to look at somebody's trade bait and all they have are their like cut guys, uh, that you know, once it comes down to cut down, those are the guys that are just going to end up on the waiver wire. I don't even bother looking through the rest and trying to find like the one half decent one. Yeah, you know, I just start looking at their roster instead of instead of the trade bait and trying to figure out what I would do. But 
I, I do think there is some value in the trade bait if you use it in a very specific way. Like for me, especially like come July, August, when I know I'm going to have to make a couple cuts here, I don't necessarily say, oh, here's the six guys I'm cutting, like send me anything for them. Although I think that's not a bad strategy because, you know, if, if someone is looking at the trade bait and they see, hey, I have roster spots to spare, you don't, I'll throw a fourth round pick for this guy that I, I, I think is worth a roster spot. But I think the more specific way that I use it, that I, I've gotten deals done before, and certainly this is more effective when you're just looking to trade players for picks. But I'll, I'll put like you know six or seven guys from my roster of all different values, and I'll say, um, I'm trying to think of ones off the top of my head. I'll say DJ Chark, I'll trade him for a first. I'll say LaShawn McCoy, I'll trade him for a third. You know, I'll just list the player and put a specific round pick or, you know, if it was a player worth like two firsts, I'd say this player worth two firsts. And so sometimes people see that and say, oh, I'll give a second round pick for, you know, this player that he's listed at a second round pick. So, yes, you're not going to like, you know, pull one over on anybody because you're, you know, setting the price. And most of the time it's a little bit below market value. But it is a way to get deals done where, you know, you're just letting them know, hey, this is what I would trade this guy for. Yeah, that's definitely a solid strategy. And just kind of, like I said, going and putting out there. And, you know, as long as it's fairly close to fair value, then, you know, you can end up finding somebody that values them a little bit higher than than what you would. And or what that fair value is, you know, you always have, you know, people that are a little bit higher than average or a little bit lower. So, put it out there at somewhere that's somewhat somewhat close to that fair value and you'll get somebody that that values it higher and is willing to you know bite and especially you know if you're in any large you know multi-copy leagues or anything like 24 you know 32 players or anything it's a lot easier to send that out like in the trade bait of what you're looking for than you know trying to message every individual owner so it's definitely a lot more effective but yeah, even and- with 12 teams it's 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 helpful and the one thing is that the most effective trade bait that I've found isn't the MFL trade bait, isn't whatever you know hosting site you use. The most effective trade bait is your league chat. If you have one on Voxer or Slack or even Twitter DMs, all of those are more effective if you're saying, hey, I'm, I'm trying to trade Carson Wentz. Like, I'm, I'm much more likely to trade Carson Wentz if I put it in the league chat than I do if it's on the trade bait. Yeah, that's definitely true, too. I, I think a lot of people, you know, see the... Uh, get the emails for the trade bait through MFL and everything so often that they end up turning it off. I still have mine on, but I do still sometimes, you know, don't, don't bother even opening the email, uh, you know, if I'm busy. So, and then they're saying, we'll just go ahead and have that turned off. So yeah, definitely league chat is, is even more effective in that, that sense, but. Yep. All right. And our last topic of the day, we're going to talk some roster expansion. I guess we can talk about, you know, some basic concepts and then and then go on from there. What what are your favorite, you know, ruling rules for roster expansion? Um, when do you expand? Do you expand at the rookie draft? Do you expand at rollover? Um, and how how much do you like to expand? Is it based on how many rookie spots there are? You know, what are your what are your basic concepts that you go by for roster expansion? Yeah, all the leagues that I commish, it's basically like how many uh, draft picks or, or draft rounds there are, because um, obviously you might have traded you know, picks or have more, but uh, but however many draft rounds there are, that's how much the the roster expands in the off season. You know, obviously, like I said, you may have you may have traded for several 
extra picks, so you may end up with more draft picks uh, than than roster spots and everything. But that's that's just my kind of go to is uh, for everybody just to expand by that. And all mine, I do. Uh, so I've actually got them set for the Monday after the Super Bowl. Um, so which normally is you know right before NFL rollover instead, but. But yeah, it almost coincides with that. I don't bother, you know, opening it up right before the rookie draft. Um, you know, I'll I'll do it a little bit before. Uh, I think, you know, opening up those roster spots just makes it easier to make some trades, some two for one deals and everything that might happen. You don't have to worry about who you know your player would your cut player would be and everything to make that. So anything that stimulates trade activity is is good for the league, in my opinion. So. So, yeah. I don't, I don't bother waiting. I open it up right away. Yep. That makes sense. Um, and honestly, the only reason why I would consider not, um, opening up right away is if you do, uh, waivers before the rookie draft, I feel like, I feel like most, most leagues don't really do waivers before the rookie draft at at this stage. And, you know, basically you can even argue like it doesn't really matter if, if you do waivers starting, you know, in March or whatever, and still have off-season rosters expand, but I don't know. It just kind of, does kind of seem like a waste to like allow everyone to add five players, and then and then like they'll have to cut them for the rookie draft anyways. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, all all of mine. I don't even know that I play in any that have uh, you know waivers open like during the off-season when the rookie draft would be and everything. Just I'm not even completely for sure. Like, would MFL? allow you to yeah. pick up the rookies too. So you have to, no, no, it, they, they, can... they, they block it. Okay. Like, it has a way to block it. Gotcha. Yeah. I've never even looked cause I never even considered actually having that, that in a league. Uh, but I mean, obviously there's no, there's no wrong way to play. So if that's the way you want to do it, then go for it. But I, you know, no, I, I don't, I don't play that way and don't, you know, necessarily advocate for that or anything. I wouldn't, wouldn't really want to be, be in a league that was, always open like that. And so I guess we'll, we'll close out the show with what are some of your uh, strategies in regards to if you're looking at your roster, um, whether it's, you know, now or shortly after the rookie draft and you're saying like, let's say your roster limit's 24 and you're saying, I don't know how I'm going to get back down to 24. Uh, what are some of your strategies throughout the off season? Like, obviously if you wait until, you know, uh, August to get rid of your six, six players over, then, you know, you're probably not going to be successful making a deal. So what are kind of your strategies throughout the off season to try and get back down to the, you know, the original number that, that you need in September? I, that, that's definitely one that, especially when it comes time for the rookie draft, um, you know, if, if somebody got sniped or something and like, I, I try to keep track if somebody had a pre-drafted pick in, and so, that, you know, they had somebody that they were going to go ahead and take. And then, you know, it comes to that pick and it didn't get pre-drafted because their player got taken. Uh, you know, I try to look for those things because then they're probably more likely to go ahead and trade that pick. Now that their player's gone. Uh, but that's what I'm most often trying to, like, figure out how to pull off is to get rid of some, uh, you know, players and get them for rookies and everything that hopefully I can put on taxi or something if, if I've got taxi squads. So I can open up that roster spot, but but you're definitely right. If you wait till August, it's probably not going to happen, and uh, you know you end up having to cut somebody that somebody's going to pick up immediately, and uh, you know it's a little bit frustrating. But but if you wait till the last minute, everybody knows you're going to end up cutting a player, and so they'd rather just go ahead and 
you know, hopefully be that one that gets to take him off waivers or at least let, you know, let some fab get spent. Um, so it, it still helps them out so that you're, you're a lot less, less likely to pull off a deal like that, that close. So, so I'm always around that rookie draft time, kind of trying to plan out, just like you said, you know, look at my rosters, figure out where, how many I have and what I'm going to need to cut and make sure that, you know, I don't have, I'll probably still hold some players that I know are cuttable, but not actually cut them till August, go ahead and keep my roster full. But, you know, I try to make sure that I have players that I know are, I'm fine with cutting if I, if it comes down to that. Absolutely. All right. Um, that'll do it for today's show, this week's show. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to rate and review the podcast, five stars. Tell Justin how great he is when he, when he steps in the chair. Also, uh, tell Dan that we miss him. Um, and, yeah, uh, make sure to support our sponsors, Bet Online, betonline.ag, uh, promo code BLUEWIRE for a 50% deposit bonus. And Rotovis subscription. If you don't have a subscription, what are you doing? Like, come on, dudes. Like, so much content, so many tools. Get on the action. Rotoviz.com slash radio, 10% discount. Get it, or I'll be mad at you. <laughs> Kadoosh! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.